franchising is the most misunderstood and most overlooked form of entrepreneurship. We're here to educate you and help you find the entrepreneur within. Franchising is not all about the French fries. We find that individuals who are exploring business ownership tend to have a lot of misperceptions and misunderstandings about the franchise industry. So what we want to do is help prospective business owners make confident and educated decisions before moving forward or not moving forward with a business. Welcome to Unpredicted Entrepreneur. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of Unpredicted Entrepreneur. My name is Sarah Wasco and this is my colleague Roxanne Rapsky and we are with FranNet of Dallas, Fort Worth and Oklahoma. And what we strive to do with our podcast is to bring education and uh, information to prospective business owners about opportunities in business ownership and specifically franchising. So today I would like to welcome my guest, our guest, Janet Schimmick. Janet is the owner of Frenchie's Modern Nail Care in Southlake and we are thrilled to have her on our show today to just kind of share her experiences in the franchising world. She's been open now for a couple of years. Is that right? Just over two. Okay, great. So thanks so much for joining us. And I would like for you to just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background and kind of how you became an unpredicted entrepreneur. So my name is Janet Schimek, and I sort of got into this because throughout my husband's career, we have moved from several different cities. We started out in Atlanta, then we moved to Las Vegas, and then we moved here. And each time, it just was a change of environment. And where my kids were at in life seemed to change also. So it just, I kept recreating myself and trying to figure out what I was going to be when I grew up. <laughs> and so when we moved to Dallas, and we thought that this was sort of our final stop, just because he had hit the corporate office with his business that he's been with for 29 years now. Wow. Yeah. That's almost unheard 29 of. years in the same company. Yeah, it, it is a very long time. So yeah. um, it it just seemed like a good time of he, he looked at me and he goes, you know, you work, you're a workaholic by nature. So why don't you be a workaholic and doing something that actually benefits us for a change? <laughs> and so I had to figure out what that actually meant for me. Was I willing to start something from the ground up? Did I want to do something that was more on your... Um, starting a nonprofit type line. What, what did I want to do? And at, you know, almost 50 years old, I didn't think I really wanted to go back and start having to get educated over again. Mm -hmm. So that kind of eliminated a certain amount of the area. And then I was like, do I really want to start from scratch when I absolutely do not know what I do not know? And I felt overwhelmed by that concept. So since a friend of mine who owns a franchise in Southlake as well, Scout and Molly's, had just gone through that process. I started talking to her about what she thought, and that's how it sort of opened that door. That's wonderful. I wow. think um, a lot of people resonate with your experiences. I remember you specifically saying, my kids are out of the house. Yes. I need to figure out what I want to do. And then Chris, your husband, when we were meeting told me pretty much the same thing you guys had discussed about how hard you work and the long hours you put in for other people. And mm -hmm. it um, was a thought process now for you to be able to 
pursue doing that for yourself. <laughs> exactly. Or, or to benefit him is also, yes, you know, we sure. don't want to li- leave out his needs. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, we hear that a lot, actually. We hear uh, people say, you know, I've made a lot of money for other people, and now I really want to do that for myself or my family. And I've heard husbands say similar things as well, where, you know, my w- wife works so hard, and a lot of times it's volunteering, and, you know, one client in particular said, I want her to get paid for all that work now. So absolutely. And I did stints of that too, where, you know, I spent a lot of time volunteering at kids schools and Mm -hmm. doing things like that. And they're a valuable thing to do. Absolutely. But with my kids out of school, it was no longer a need for me to do that. So absolutely. Yep. So um, we talked about how long you've been open, just a little over two years. You opened December of 2019, correct? Yes, we did. And then <laughs> right before, right before, right, the C word, um, yes. three months later, everything shut down. We took a unexpected vacation three months later. Okay. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, is an adventure to say the least, especially when you are in a service industry where you were doing face-to-face services and you're touching people. It was definitely a challenging time to do something like that. We were very blessed. There are several other businesses and even locations of this franchise that did not fare as well. And I truly believe that the blessing we had of even having that three months made a huge difference in our ability to survive this time period, as well as the great community that we are located in, made a huge difference. So I feel very lucky for that. So to expand on that a little bit, she's a nail salon, as we mentioned, and located in South Lake. And you mentioned a few things to me about how South Lake rallied around you. Um, you had only been open three months, so there you had some attention already with your business. You were really smart to do some a lot of marketing prior to opening and you had a great, you opened during the holidays, which is a busy time. So you got some visibility and recognition. And then tell us a little bit more about kind of what Southlake did. I know you mentioned the mayor and some. So Southlake is a really wonderful community that is great about supporting its local businesses and each other on the whole. Um, The mayor of the time was Laura Hill and, you know, not at all speaking politically, but she went around to all the various small businesses. And when so many things were mostly shut down, she would go and make sure she ordered dinner from this restaurant. She got her dog food from this local provider. She came and got her nails done and she posted about all of them. And throughout all of it, she continually supported the small businesses in South Lake so that she would give us a fighting chance and, encouraged other people in town to do the same Mm -hmm. thing. And I know that, you know, that drummed up a lot of business for especially restaurants where people were more likely to go and pick up and bring home and such. But there were several people that came in. They were like, well, if Laura Hill's here, then surely we want to try it out. And that really helped us a lot. And then the chamber has been absolutely spectacular at supporting small businesses and was throughout it. We would get visitors coming in that were on the chamber 
just stopping by and saying, hey, how are you doing? What can we do to support you and help you out? And just giving encouragement, which is huge when you're a little bit stressed over what's going on in the community and the environment on just the whole. Just knowing somebody cares, mm-hmm. I exactly. think, would mean a lot for just your morale in general. Absolutely. And it so did. tell us about the government programs. Were you, ever, were you able to take advantage of any of that when during the shutdown as well? So we were able to take advantage of the payroll protection program, which, again, thank goodness for small local business. Um, my original banking account was through Chase. Because we've moved around our whole lives, I've always stayed with large banks because it's easier to move with them. Mm-hmm. However, in this case, that was not the best avenue. And my location is right across the street from First National Bank of Wichita Falls. <laughs> and I, that gentleman was in his window every single day during the shutdown, just as I would go into the studio, even though we weren't open, I went in every day. And eventually one day I went and knocked on his window and I'm like, I need help. Can you help me? I can't get Chase to respond to me. And I was desperate. And he just bent over wow. backwards to do everything he could to help me out, which again, you know, the kindnesses people show you just make such a difference in your morale and how you feel about everything. It's phenomenal. And so he now has all my business. Well, that's <laughs> personal a- and professional. Were you able to get, so there were two rounds of that. Were mm-hmm. you able to get both rounds? Did you need the second round? So, yes, I did get both rounds. The second one was considerably smaller. Yeah. Um, banks started getting a little nervous as to what kind of, reimbursement they would get. So things definitely got smaller, but I did get a smaller second round. Um, But every little bit helps. I Mm -hmm. am grateful for city of South Lake did a grant that I was able to qualify for. You know, I was very grateful for anything I could get. And especially with when I opened, it took some really wonderful people working really hard to help me get them because you were, a lot of it was you had to show that you had had a loss. Well, when you opened in the second week of December, mm-hmm. you can't show that. Right. Because yeah. it's all, you're still in loss. You're in a loss mode when you're first opening. A exactly. Yes. And I didn't even have the quarter they wanted me to compare to. Yeah. So it took a lot of people reading the fine print and helping me through to get the help that I really desperately needed to stay afloat. And so I was, I was very blessed. Would it be safe to say you were busier during COVID than you were when your store was open? So I would say there were definitely time periods that we were busier than in December when we started, for sure. Um, We have grown. And every time that I'm not where I want to be, when I look at numbers, I go and I look back at, okay, but last year at this time, it was even harder. And I try to remember to be grateful and that even though as an entrepreneur, you're just constantly wanting to grow and feeling you want to feel secure that it's not going to happen overnight Mm -hmm. and you need to be okay with that and remind yourself, okay, I've made progress. I'm continuing to make progress and be grateful for it and keep doing the things that have worked for you so far, getting out in your community, making contacts with people who can help you either be more effective or more efficient, whatever it might be. Just keep trying to hit the places that can help you grow. And that's a really important point. You know, I always tell people when they're getting ready to start a business, you're kind of like a politician. You need to be out shaking hands and kissing babies. And fortunately for you, it sounds like you did 
pre-opening marketing, you were out in the community. That piece of it is so important because then people knew who you are and they knew you were there and you can't just hang an open sign and expect the masses to come. It doesn't work that way. Oh, that is a huge part of it. And it's probably one of the most intimidating parts of it. I am not necessarily someone who wants to be out there saying, hi, my name is <laughs> like, it's one of the hardest parts yeah. you have to do, but it is the, one of the most vital parts of what you have to do. And I've spent the six months leading up to our opening, just going to any and every event, mm-hmm. wearing a shirt with the brand on it and introducing myself and telling them why I was different and just boots to the ground. So I love what you just said about why you're different. And, um, you know, people, anytime you might mention a nail salon as a business <laughs> which corner? opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. Which corner? And you've done such an amazing job of differentiating yourself. And one, we've already talked about your involvement in the community and how valuable that was to helping you during a difficult time. And always, really, you have a lot of support behind from your community You have done a lot of charitable um, events, activities, giving back. You've mentioned several times how blessed you are and appreciative you are for the support you've received, and and you've paid it forward. So share with us a little bit about how you serve the community as a nail salon, because I feel like a lot of people, as I said, would just view it as, oh, you know, like you said, another corner, but you've really done some things to differentiate yourself. So tell us about that. So in December of 2020, I guess, you know, everybody was still extremely terrified. The numbers had gone back up Mm -hmm. and there was a huge shortage of blood. So during that time period, we set up two blood drives outside of the studio to try and give back in that way. And, you know, did some promoting of it because there were multiple benefits. Obviously, the blood going to hospitals and such is a huge benefit, but also people could get tested for antibodies so mm-hmm. that maybe it would give them a little comfort as well to know, okay, I've either had it or I haven't or whatever. Just mm-hmm. There was so little you could control during that time period. Anything you could control, I think, makes people feel a little bit better when they're feeling out of control. And then one of the favorite events that I've we've been part of is that we did Queen for a Day twice Um, in March of last year. So I talked to several other local businesses, Scout and Molly's, Trader Joe's helped us out, um, True Fire Restaurant in South Lake, some others that were uh, Classic Chevrolet, who is a huge supporter locally. A bunch of different businesses were kind enough to give donations to us. And we had people nominate someone who would who was deserving of being queen for a day. Now that may be that they had been going through a really rough time in the first year of COVID, or maybe they had gone so far and above and beyond to help others during their rough time. Either way, whatever reason you want, nominate someone to be queen for a day. And so we drew twice and that person got to come in and they got a private styling session. They got services from us. They got flowers and a candle. They got a gift card, a variety of things that just a free meal at True Fire, just just to let them know they are appreciated in life and that it's seen all that they do or all that they've suffered, either one, just something to give back, which was a really fun event for us. And then we also have done one other where we just had, we brought in five or six ladies who are currently going through chemotherapy for breast cancer and gave them services, gave them, you know, 
food and drinks and some care packages and just had a nice pampering day for them. Well, and you know, um, actually teared up on that. That hits home. Um, You, people talk about passion a lot. Passion, I want passion for a business. I want to have this passion. And what Sarah and I have talked about with our clients is there are ways you can serve your community through your business to find that passion as well. It doesn't necessarily have to be in the business. A lot of times if you have passion for what you're doing in your business, you get carried away with trying to be in the business too much, working in your business and not on your business. Mm -hmm. So this is a great example of, and you also have a semi-absentee business that's designed for you to manage a manager and not have to be in the studio all the time, right? right? Your role is really to be out in the community, building awareness, doing business development. You're not sitting at a table looking at someone's nails or or toenails, right? That's not your role as that business owner. So there's a lot of ways to serve if that's your heart and be involved in the community and do those things that you have passion for, even if you're not physically doing that in your business. Well, I think that's probably the best piece of advice I walked away from when I first met with Sarah was that she said, when you're looking at these businesses, because, you know, she asked, oh, what do you think you see yourself in? And she promptly said, the things you think that you are passionate about does <laughs> not mean you want to be in business. Yes. And I definitely, you know, oh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> and pursued somewhat, I thought I would want to be in fitness, honestly. Uh-huh. And it definitely fell down to one of the top two or three, without a doubt. But at the end of the day, she was right. It's not necessarily about where my personal interests were. It was about what made sense and what I could see myself managing. And so that was one of the best pieces of advice she gave me, even though it took me a minute or two to listen. Well, it's common for, it's <laughs> you know, common. most people it takes a minute or two to listen. But I think probably what ends up happening is when it's something you enjoy, like maybe fitness, and then it becomes work, people enjoy it less. Um, well, that makes sense. Yeah. So um, I remember also uh, you mentioned your queen for a day. Mm-hmm. And one of the things when we were chatting about this service that you had shared with me was that you let your team of employees choose from the nominees. And you have created such a lovely environment in your salon with your staff Um, the way they interact with each other, the way they interact with clients. And honestly, it's a very unique experience compared to many other salons in that industry. So I just think you've done such an amazing job of creating a strong culture. And share with us a little bit, because when we talk about passion, I, I think you have a passion for um, managing a staff and building a loyal and just, um, you know, hardworking group of, of service providers. So tell us more about that. So one of the things, one of the reasons I actually chose this industry is because in an industry that is not known for how you treat your team, it was an opportunity to, it's a, it's a setup that is meant for you to be able to treat your team better than is normally Mm -hmm. the case. And that mattered to me. That was to me one of the ways that you could do something positive to influence the world around you. And that mattered to me. And especially with getting hit with a pandemic directly after opening, there were just people that worked for us that 
we knew once we had opened back up that the only time they ate was when they were coming into the studio. My husband was making meals for people, just trying to make sure that people were taken care of. We knew it was rough. We knew that, you know, the, even though we had said, oh, you know, go file for unemployment. You need to, your hours are severely reduced. Mm -hmm. There's no way unemployment can carry you, especially with what these girls got for unemployment and have it meet up to what they were making. So we wanted to do some of the things that we could to try and help influence that and just help take care of them. They're wonderful, wonderful, creative ladies that I've been honored to meet and learn about, and we wanted to be able to give back to them too. So something that you shared with me that I think is worthy of repeating is um, you said you wanted them to realize that you cared about them. You can finish what I was going to say. I I care about them more than just for what they can do for me, that they are wonderful people on their own and that I care about them as individuals. And, you know, they all have their hopes and dreams too. And I've had several of them leave to pursue those dreams. And Mm -hmm. I would never consider doing anything but encouraging them to do so because you always want to see people hit their highest potential. And I'm sure they sense that and they feel that and, I hope so. <laughs> loyalty, yeah. Uh, it it definitely shows in the salon that they know that. Well, and Sarah always raves about your salon. Excuse me. Your she always talks about the culture there. Um, she always talks about how phenomenal it is. Um, so we talk about our nail our nails and where we go to get our nails done. And, and yes. so you know the things that girls talk about. And um, she always raves about you. So she speaks very highly of you and what you've created in your studio. Well, thank you. Yeah. And um, just to expand, Janet doesn't view it really as just taking care of people's nails. It's more taking care of people as a whole. And I really, really admire that. And I felt like that was worth sharing that our listeners would really appreciate how you've taken just a kind of standard industry that really doesn't necessarily, to your point, have a great reputation for how they treat their employees and really done a complete turnaround uh, for the, of that mindset. Well, and kind of as a plug for, for what you do, um, just explain, you know, explain why you were attracted to Frenchies. It's, it's it's different than other nail salons. So for our listeners that might live around South Lake, why don't you explain how Frenchies is different and why your your employees might also like working there more than maybe in a standard salon? What's different about it? So one of the things that's different for us is that we are a more natural approach to the care of your hands and feet. So what does that mean for the nail industry? Well, we do gel and regular polish. Mm-hmm. We don't do acrylics and dips. So When you walk into our studio, it is a wonderful, fresh, clean smell as opposed to the chemical smell that you can sometimes walk into. Over years of working in a traditional nail salon, people can actually develop allergies Mm -hmm. and breathing issues. And so ours is a safer, healthier environment for the girls to work in just from that aspect alone. We also are set up in such a way a lot of places are set up with their pay structure as commission only. And we actually have an hourly wage. The girls that work there get 100% of their tips. Nothing is kept. Believe it or not, there are places that keep part of the tips as Mm. a operational fee. Wow. Which is hard to imagine. um, As well as a bonus structure. So we are trying to set them up to 
have a more stable environment. Come January, everybody knows January is quiet in the nail industry in a lot of different industries. It's not just that one, but it is a quieter time. These girls at least know in January, okay, if I'm there from nine to five, I know I'm getting paid X amount for just being there, whether someone comes in to get their nails done or not. And whereas if you go sit somewhere at a traditional studio, studio, they may sit there for eight hours and see one guest. Mm. And so it's a very unstable feeling for people, especially during slower periods. And something that works to your advantage is that you've, your whole um, business model is focused around clean and yes. cleanliness. Yes. And so that was a huge plus, I would think, with COVID because people already recognized that that was your business model. And uh, it is a cleaner environment. It's quiet. So as Janet mentioned, you know, not doing the dips and so forth that require some machinery, if you will, some <laughs> electronic files and things like that. It's just very quiet and very relaxing. You get a neck wrap if you want one. And so just anything to promote relaxation and a comfortable visit. Well, and I think, you know, one of the things that we did, you know, everyone even though they had talked for a couple of days about possibly things shutting down, I don't know that anyone 100% believed it was going to happen. Mm -hmm. So when somebody called at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on, I believe it was a Sunday when we actually, March 22nd, when we suddenly found out we were going to have to shut down, we were getting calls left and right from people who had acrylic on because their salons literally shut the doors the minute they heard Mm. And I basically said, you get in my door before 6 p.m. when we close and I will do what I can to help you. And then for the next week or so, we created kits to help people take their dip, our polish as well, of course, but their dip and everything with instructions and little packets. And if somebody called or whatever, we would say, come by the door. We'll hand it to you. It's got instructions. I remember that. And well, you did a video too to help we did people a video. figure out how to get yeah. it off. Yeah. Because a lot of people were like, we don't know what to do. And again, mm -hmm. it's a matter of, what can I control in my life? Right then, everyone felt out of control. And this is something you can control. And it sounds like such a small thing. But again, something I control makes me feel better than just one more thing I cannot. Yeah. So, you know, just the fact that then people had a good long period of seeing that sort of damage that they had done to their nails. Mm -hmm. um, I think that helped us, too, because there were people that were like, I had no idea because they take it off and they put it on so quickly. I didn't right. realize what damage I had done right. to my fingers. So I think that also helps. How long were you physically closed? Did you have to be closed? Six weeks. Six weeks. And then when they reopened, I remember it was at, I don't know, 25 or 50% capacity too. So it was a slow reopening. It wasn't like, okay, we're just back the way we used to be. So it was we a were, big change. We were really blessed when we reopened though, or when they, because again, we were supposed to open on X date. Well, suddenly, five or six days earlier, they said, nope, you can open now instead. Oh, yeah. And for us, it wasn't a problem because so many of the new policies and procedures that they wanted were our norm. This was not a change for us. The only thing that we had that we had to do differently than what we had previously been doing is we had had to have screens. And in my six-week vacation, I had already sort of seen that coming. And I had this wonderful gentleman that lived behind me who is so handy. And I went and bought the plexiglass and sh said, here's sort of the design I'm thinking of. And he made them for me. So I already had them before we were open. And we were able to open up that next morning without a problem. Just were, again, 
because of the kindness of people around me. Yeah. But you were forward thinking and yeah. that worked in your favor as well. And I think that's also exemplary of um, a strong business owner mm-hmm. is to never get complacent and always be thinking what's next and what can I do better? And you were in yeah. that mindset. Well, and really realizing that owning a business is not easy. It's probably one of the most challenging things you'll ever do. So you have to have, this comes up a lot in our podcasts, that you have to have grit yes. and you've got grit. Um, that's what it takes. You know, you can't be a victim when you're a business owner because stuff is going to happen to you. So on that note, if you ran into somebody today that said, hey, Janet, I see you're, you're in business. You've been in business for a while. I'm thinking about starting a business, kind of like you did when you approached your friend that owns Scout and Molly's. What kind of advice or tips would you have for somebody that's a prospective business owner? I would tell them to do some research. I think that um, even though my friend Kathy didn't hadn't met Sarah yet and didn't use Sarah, she saw the benefit of me using someone locally mm-hmm. as opposed to she had used someone just off the internet kind of thing. Yeah. And she had seen where that would have been a much easier. Take the advice people give you. Now, you don't have to work every piece of advice someone gives you, but take it into consideration because there's a lot you don't know. Yes. So know that you don't know it. And be willing to listen and not be so sure of yourself and so prideful that you're not willing to listen. Because there were plenty of things I thought I knew the answer for and found out that listening to others, okay, maybe I need a slight pivot or shift from what I was thinking. That maybe I don't know quite as much as I thought. Well, and that you were asking the questions, right? You have to ask the questions and then you have to listen. That's important. And be open-minded. Yes, I think that. And recognize that something you thought you knew was inaccurate or not. You know, maybe by asking the questions, you can just confirm that you were correct. But it's also good to get another perspective. Well, and one of the things that when I was looking for real estate, um, the gentleman that the franchise set you up with, he's not from here. He's from Colorado. Mm-hmm. And he would send places that, I mean, even I had enough sense to know, okay, in between these tiny two little buildings out in the middle, whatever, that that was not a good plan for the type of business that I was opening, but I was convinced I knew where I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And I went to the developer of South Lake town square and was trying to fight for my cause to be in the middle of town square. I was sure that's what I wanted. And he very kindly said, okay, I hear you, but here's what I think. And how about you listen? And he was right. At the end of the day, where I ended up, even though it's not in the middle of traffic, is a much better location mm-hmm. for the type of business I am. And guess what? He's been doing this for 20-some years. Probably a good idea to listen to him somewhat. And I got what was best for me instead of what I asked for, and that was a good thing. Good. Wow. Well, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you to ask you any questions, I'm sure they could find you in your studio, how would they get a hold of you? <laughs> So they could call our phone number at 817-203-7221. I also, we also have um, South Lake Texas at FrenchiesNails.com that you can email. And I, we're also on Instagram and Facebook and you know, all the normal you know, social media platforms. And you're on um, Instagram and Facebook. How? Frenchies Nails at South Lake Texas okay. for or Frenchies at South Lake Texas for Instagram and Frenchies Nails.com and you just find the low 
the South Lake, Texas location. Okay. Mm-hmm. You can also Google um, Frenchie's Modern Nails in South Lake and see many, many five-star reviews um, and uh, access them that way as well. Yes. Well, we appreciate you, Janet, coming in today and spending time with us and educating our listeners. Um, hopefully, you, all of you out there listening to this will get some great nuggets that Janet shared with us. You can find Sarah and I on LinkedIn, Sarah Wasco, W-A-S-K-O-W, and Roxanne Rapsky, R-A-P-S-K-E. You can also find us on our YouTube channel under FranNet of Dallas, Fort Worth, and Oklahoma. Thanks for listening in today. Thanks. Have a great day.